live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. She cried through the southern wind. About a love that was in. Every dream hello, hello. Welcome to Open Wide for Some Soccer. Yo soy Sutbertelny. Alongside me, Pablo Maurer, Tomas Floyd. What's up, guys? Am I no longer the most prominent Tomas in the Major League Soccer community? Oh, because of the uh, Tomas signing. Yeah. I mean, were you ever the most prominent? Let's be realistic about this. Yeah. Might have been. What about Tomas, Tomas McNamara? <laughs> Tomas McNamara. I think he goes with Tommy. It's a choice I haven't made. Yeah. Dude, I think I'm still bitter at DC United for letting him go. I might, I might not. I don't want to talk about that it. one. Go realistically, myself. don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Seth? Good. Thomas brought me an iced coffee. He wow, showed up. I was he, wondering how you. Thanks yeah. for bringing me an iced coffee, Thomas. I, uh, I was going to say whoever wanted it, but Seth was the only one here at the time, and he just kind of took it. Here, Pablo, I'll share. Hey, do you know how to? Uh, oh, like you just brought one. It was. I don't. I had. I don't want your mouth. I had two free iced coffees, so I wasn't gonna pay for another one. I see. I what see. better time for an iced coffee than 8 p.m.? You know, right. I got up at seven this morning, so. Guys, uh, as always, we're taking your calls. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Got a lot of things on the docket tonight. MLS, DC United, uh, maybe a little U.S. national team. I don't know. We are- might, might talk about the fact that Alex Morgan is being savagely attacked by bedbugs, apparently. We were going to talk about how Lori Kolopny's retirement affects Crystal Dunn's status within the U.S. national team player pool. You mean you were going to talk about that? Yeah. No contributions. Pablo would rather talk about the pool at the, uh, what was the, what's the hotel at called? Adams Mark Hotel. The Adams Mark Hotel in Kansas City. Uh, Alex Morgan surprisingly takes to Twitter to complain about the hotel, despite the fact that we can clearly see in the picture it has a giant water slide. <laughs> <laughs> what, what could possibly yeah. be wrong with that bed hotel? Bugs. Sleep in the fucking water slide, Alex. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't even go to bed. I would just be on the water slide all night. Let's, let's be realistic about this. Yeah. Spoiled brat. <laughs> when, I, when I went to uh, the Houston Dashes Hotel... A couple weeks ago, it was in luxurious Gaithersburg, right by a Red Robin. So they had it pretty nice. Yeah. These uh, U.S. national team ladies getting spoiled by staying at probably, I would presume, two to three star hotels during their (laughs) World Cup experience. So now they're back to their usual one star NWSL experience. Oh, my God. I bet they they walk in and, like, the rug is actually just artificial turf. (laughs) Just, you know. They can have practice in their room. Yeah. Yeah, got to keep them feeling at home, I guess. And then they don't have to rent a field. What are we talking about tonight? Uh, well, before we get into the soccer business, I think we have to address a controversy. That uh, it's not a controversy. You so, called it a controversy. So uh, we have we have a, a listener who won a, a, an open wide for some soccer prize pack because they did us the incredible service of getting a photo of them with long tan. With Lontan holding up a sign that says, I love, I, I haven't thought about this in a while. It's really great holding up a sign that says, I love Open Wide for some soccer. And we just never sent it out. It's been, I, I'm going to guess, four or five months at this point. What's that about right here? Uh, I mean, it was back in what, April or May? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with your choice of the word we. 
We in that situation when you said we never sent it out. Oh, I guess you're right because yeah, you guys never bought any of the prizes or you know had the idea for the contest or anything like that. So you'd never send it out. Mm, yeah, yeah, you almost completed the task. <laughs> so. Uh, I think the bottom line is, uh, Mr. Wilcox, uh, I'm going to turn over your prizes to Seth sometime this week, maybe early next week, and he's going to mail them to you. That's true. Brian, there is a post office two blocks away. I assure you, once Pablo gets those to me, I'll get those to you because you earned that prize. He did. He did. All right. Okay. Anyways. Uh, let's get into some DC United first, and then we'll uh, get into some general MLS stuff. Uh DC United goes to Yankee Stadium Thursday night to play NYCFC, uh, who had lost three games in a row prior to that. Frank Lampard unable to join, but... Much to DC United's detriment. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, United, they, they have a good first half. Uh, take the lead. Uh, Chris Rolfe with an interception of a Pirlo back pass. Find Saborio, who scores another goal. Uh, and then the wheels kind of fall off in the second half. Uh, New York City FC scores three times. The United backline kind of falls apart multiple times in that second half. And uh, final score, three to one. Uh, thoughts on the game? Well, it's uh, something we've discussed before on the show, but there's there have been reasons for concern regarding the backline, which just a month or two ago was the number one backline in MLS. Now they they are no they are no longer the top defensive unit after that six four win over Salt Lake, three to two against Philly, and now another three goals conceded, and they've uh, they've been a a bit of a mess. Uh, there's been some uh, some worrisome moments with the center back pairing, both with Boswell and Birnbaum. Uh, Sean Franklin uh, looked a little lost on the Davavia winner against NYCFC. And uh, you, you kind of wonder if fatigue is starting to catch up with some of these players, particularly a guy like Boswell who's in his 30s and logs so many minutes. He's such an Iron Man, and I'm curious to see if the team reacts to this in any sort of way and maybe rotates players, gives Kofi Opare or Marcus Halsey some minutes back there down the stretch so these guys can get fresh ahead of the uh, the postseason. Yeah, you know, at Boswell in particular, somebody just thought of it, but I mean, I wonder how that would affect his psyche. Um, he's never been a guy that gets rotated. I mean, you're talking about a dude who's played every minute of every game for the past five years or something like that. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, Opari did well enough. Uh, certainly Halsey is, I'm sure, more than a serviceable center back. So, um I think you're onto something. I mean, I, I think in particular on the goal that everybody's just, you know, drooling over Pirlo's ball, which to me seemed a little uh, bit more speculative than anything. Right. Um, if you look at that, I mean, I think Franklin and Boswell both could have done better. With Sean, I mean, you could chalk it up to Rust possibly. You yeah. Know, and but, it, but it is Bos, – Boswell is ball side on that, and really he could have just stuck his leg out, probably broken the play up. Yeah. And also, on that sequence, Franklin had just been shifted from a right-side midfield role to right-back. So maybe there is a bit of a, I wouldn't say rust, but just you know a lack of chemistry just in that exact moment because they, they mixed up the back line that had been uh, playing as a unit for the first 60-some minutes of that game. So you know, there, there are some reasons for concern. And, I mean, it's, 
it's one it's a it's one game after they logged the shutout the week before and were able to fend off a barrage of Montreal pressure. So there have been good performances and bad yeah, performances. A, it's their first loss in four games. Yeah. yeah, they won three in a row. You know, going in and certainly there's no reason to, to press the panic button, but. When you sort of dig deeper and look at the manner in which they won the other three games, then there's maybe a little more reason for concern. And again, though, it's so hard to even use the word concern because they're at this point, honestly, basically assured of making the playoffs. I mean, they could lose they could lose every single game. Yeah. In the run out, they'd still make the playoffs. They mathematically clinched their playoff berth on like February 27th. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Like during their participation in the Austin Aztecs Challenge, <laughs> right? They're like DC United qualified for the playoffs and CCL somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the, part of it is just because they're in the Eastern Conference, which is quite a bit weaker than than the West at this point in time, but. They have a pretty healthy lead, although uh, the Red Bulls have actually passed them in terms of points per game. Uh, so, yeah, you know, certainly not an unassailable spot at the, uh, in first place. I'm curious to see how DC approaches the stretch run in terms of managing minutes, because the playoff berth is pretty much sewed up, and you obviously want to finish top two so that you avoid the set of wild card games. But there's basically no difference whatsoever from being the one seed or or the two seed aside from clinching a ccl berth and i'm i'm interested to see how much stock olsen puts in that like does he just rest guys down the stretch and say i don't care if we're the number one seed because the league has a playoff format where that doesn't matter yeah i mean he'll he'll march out one of his favorite lines which is i have a lot of faith in all the guys in our roster Right, right. This is like one of the Ben Olsen's like top twenty, you know, jams or something like that. Yeah. Well, last year we saw them play pretty much only reserves and win every game in the CCL group stage. Yeah. So that strategy has proven effective for but, United in the past, but, but they could get burned this they, time. Maybe. They no longer have Connor Shinovsky, who was the MVP of the CCL group stage. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Face goal, face goals galore. Oh my God! Um, yeah. Uh, but question, that's... On, question on Twitter, real quick. Brendan Doherty wants to know if we have any advice about shaving a cat. August in upstate New York is uncomfortable for my cat, and he's making life uncomfortable for me. Um, mm. I have limited cat experience. My girlfriend has a cat, so I do live with a cat, but I've never thought of shaving the cat. Oh, the world knows that you live with a cat. Yeah. That cat, if you create a Twitter account for that cat, <laughs> it would surpass huh. your account so fast. What? What does it even mean? <laughs> that that cat has so much star star potential that you're not tapping into. Yeah, I actually think that if you shaved a cat, it might end up have looking a little something the, have like you even seen the cat? Pablo's yeah, you creation. Instagram oh, I did Instagram yeah. the cat. We're yeah. talking about we're talking about your FIFA creation, by the way. In case oh, you hadn't yes. picked I was up on completely that. Clueless. Well, <laughs> no, my, right. Yeah, my FIFA creation is based on that cat. Right, yeah. yeah that's absolutely. what I was saying. That yeah. that cat is a bigger celebrity than most can of we, DC United's roster at this point. Can we talk about this for a second? Yeah, let's let's talk let's about, about this. Let's talk about this. I fed my cat into FIFA. You know, FIFA's game face creator in the be a pro mode. You can put your own face on a player. And I think I, the first face that I did when I got the game was mine. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then immediately I was like, all right, let me like try like a lampshade. Right. Or like, and eventually I was like. A few years ago, yeah, I, just, I created the Incredible Hulk. Oh, that's it. right. It yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. It was I, too uh, bad you didn't put that on Twitter. I spent Apparently, a lot of time yeah. on that cat. Because, you know, you could, <laughs> I did a, a front view and then bo- both like sides of his face. Well, and so it immediately, like, uh, immediately becomes, like, apparently the 
greatest thing I've ever done in my life. You know. Certainly the most viral thing that any of us ever have done or probably ever will do. Yeah, I think it was on you know BuzzFeed and uh, uh, whatever other stupid it was websites. on. I saw it on. Uh, click on this picture. Like, uh, I, I guess it was something like you know, uh, an MLS writer fed his cat's face into FIFA, and you'll never believe what happens next. Oh, right. I, uh, that was the Upworthy, I think, article. I, probably. I follow uh, Nerdist on Facebook, and it just popped up on my feed. And like, my first instinct was like, oh, Pablo linking to this? Oh, nope. That that's just Nerdist. <laughs> I did nothing. I did. They, they used fact, the term while, cat trick. After a while, I started just to get furious that DC United wouldn't acknowledge the existence of the, it, the tweet got more i actually checked i checked it got more retweets than anything dc united has tweeted since latan ibrahimovic scored a goal at rk stadium <laughs> at psg how do you check something like that well i mean i pretty much skipped all of this year and last year <laughs> and then went back yeah I, I pretty much went to the kyle sheldon era and started there i actually and, think that dc united might want to consider replacing talon with your half Cuban, <laughs> yeah. half cat hybrid. Yeah. Also, I if you're listening right now, if you could tweet at DC United and insist that they acknowledge my animal human hybrid, I also you know. I legitimately think Lido's like contractually owes you some amount of money. There was a moment when I was scared that I was my I was going to be eviscerated by a drone strike. <laughs> I, I think you're going to get like a drone that lands at your front door with like an Amazon package, yeah, just like goodies for uh, for giving them all the publicity. Yeah. Seriously, like that tweet meant that DC United was featured on so many more websites than they ever would be normally. There's I got that more exposure than they could ever get. By doing anything short of like signing a megastar, or you know? or or having Daniel Wooler get scorched by Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, if DC United signs Cristiano Ronaldo, they're not going to write about that on Gizmodo. So <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I really got them a whole new <laughs> niche. You know. Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, well, we had a Twitter question about shaving a cat, which I believe got us into the uh, so, that discussion. It's, actually, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that that. Franklin had just shifted positions. He did. He did so because Chris Corb left the game. We found out today that Chris Corb, yeah. uh, you know, uh, did quote unquote did his ACL. Right. Uh, also, did anyone else see this in between? He like was uh, in yeah, a in yeah. like a race car or something. Do you know what that was? I just like quickly saw the There's photo. There's like a, uh, a rally event at the RFK Stadium parking lot, like Red Bull. Yeah, it's called Rally Cross or something. So they had a few of the players riding along. Yeah. And apparently he was doing that with a, with with I'm assuming his like knee his kneecap hanging off or something like that. Frankie Hayduck played a full ninety with a torn ACL once. Not, really? Yeah. After uh, two thousand, Espresso is a hell of a drug. Yeah, dude. Man. Two two thousand six World Cup, he tore his ACL in a game with the crew in like the third minute and played the full ninety before he realized it was torn the next day. Wait, two thousand six World Cup? Yeah, he that he he was named to the roster and then got replaced by Chris Albright because of that. Oh right, guys, don't you remember? No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Cord is. Uh, I mean, that's a tough loss. Obviously, if everyone stays healthy, it's a minimal impact because you got Kemp and Franklin to play out there. But the thing is, everyone hasn't stayed healthy. Franklin actually has been. A bit injury prone now in both years with United. I know he picked up a few nagging injuries last year. He didn't start the first playoff game because of uh, a knock he had. So, you know, you you want that depth, and I'm curious to see if uh, does this more mean more minutes for Luke Mishu or Jalen Robinson? Does Birnbaum shift the outside back more often? We don't or, know how much he loves doing that, right? 
Um, or is, uh, does Nick Delion drop to right back a bit more? We've seen glimpses of that over the years. Here's a, here's an audio clip of Frankie Haydock uh, from a phone ride with him just saying, cool man, right on, bro. Cool man, right on, bro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. Cool man, right on, bro. I'm it's so, about the most Frankie Haydock thing ever, you know. I'm so happy you just had that ready. Cool man, right on, bro. <laughs> Um, by the way, next project that Pablo is going to have Jürgen to do Klinsmann is the Jurgen Klinsmann soundboard. It's, it's already being assembled. Okay, yeah. good. It's, it's looking pretty positive right now. <laughs> I have to give you a big compliment for doing big, this. Big, big compliment. Anyways. So, yeah, Corb, I mean, yeah, that that's tough. I'm curious to see if the team will... So the transfer window is closed. The trade window is closed. They can still sign players players right yeah yeah, until like early september when they have the roster freeze so in theory they could pick someone up um maybe you know someone who's lingering around usl or nasl or yeah here's my concern and i i I think i'm probably just freaking out a little bit too much because franklin obviously shown himself to be i mean realistically a better outside back than chris corb all-star last season yeah but uh, I will say that one of the only things, and I don't mean this to sound harsh, but one of the only things that's made a lot of United games watchable this year is Kemp and Corb over, overlapping and you know getting forward and swinging balls in. And yeah. I'm I'm bummed out that that's probably not going to happen anymore, at least on that side of the field. I mean, Franklin likes to get forward too. Yeah, you know, yeah, but. yeah. He's a uh, he's actually a little bit more of a, a goal scoring threat. Sometimes he you know gets forward on set pieces or makes late runs into the box. He's you know, probably got like what three or four goals with United over his two years now. So he's a different type of an offensive threat. But yeah, he's not as big on getting into the gang on forward on the overlap and swinging in dangerous balls. He's more of a kind of lob the ball forward, you know, in Sabario's general direction and hope they can get something out of that type player. Yeah, it's it's not an injury that that's gonna kill United. Uh, like we said, they have they have good outside back depth now they don't as much anymore but uh yeah i think for on a personal level it's tough for corb because he he really has been kind of playing his best soccer over the last few weeks and and really showing that he can be a good attacking player in the league and so uh he definitely went from like a meat and potatoes outside back this year to somebody who showed he can really contribute yeah. On both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, I guess the silver lining is that the, the time frame should allow him to be back 100% healthy by the time next season starts, uh, barring any I think it's setbacks. Maybe a month or two uh-huh. into the year. Uh, am I wrong? Well, it was yeah. Yeah, August. I mean, that six, yeah, that's six months. Some players are back in six. Some players are back in seven or yeah, eight. So, but yeah, but it's like timetables like back in mid-February. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll make his comeback in the CCL semifinals. Right. Yeah. Or as they're... Defending their armadillo trophy in Austin, right? Like that, yeah. right. Uh, so should we move on to some some general MLS stuff? Yes. Uh, so we'll segue from the By DC the way, United just, game. Just reminding you to call us, so we don't have one of these shows where nobody calls. All right. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. We'll talk about anything. Any, have anything. you always had that radio voice? Just store the way. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Talk about my mutant human FIFA cat. Yeah, I'm not talking about that anymore. I'm Wait, more than just that. I, th- I okay? thought that was the entire second half of the show. We didn't. Did we, we not were, discuss? Did we scrap that? We were yeah. we were going to do a tactical breakdown of 
where uh, mutant. Damn it, Trevor just tweeted it out. Kit, pause, pause and cleats. Can, I think his name was. Wait, pause kit, and boots. Pause kit, and cleats. Pause wait, and boots, like puss and boots. Pause and I boots. Know. Wait, he's he's Perry Kitten. Yeah, Perry Kitten. Right. I'm more a fan of uh, Bobby Poswell. Bobby Poswell is <laughs> good Chris, too. So wait, Chris he, Pontius. So can can he play right back? I mean, I think they're missing a. I mean, I, I don't know, like what they were thinking, not inserting him in the game and imme- immediately at yeah. Yankee <laughs> Stadium. You know, I actually really liked your Cosmo. I, you tweeted something like, it didn't turn out that the well. Cosmo I, one is, the Cosmo I, one is just demented. Yeah, I thought that one was really good. Yeah, Pablo also fed Cosmo, the LA Galaxy's mascot, into the FIFA creator. I tried talent. Really? I tried talent, but it's... It's like eyes were too wide apart. Or yeah, Cosmo actually fit well. Like, Wait, how have you not tweeted this out? I have. Here, look. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tweet it out from the. I'll I'll tweet it out again. This I mean, this can become your thing. I don't I mean, want it to be my thing. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's already your thing. <laughs> All right. So we talked about DC NYCFC. The United side. What about the NYCFC side? What about this team they have concocted with a, a combination of aging millionaire World Cup veterans and players like Chris Winger and Andrew Jacobson? Well, I know that following the uh, most recent New York Derby, Pablo, hold on. <laughs> Pablo is is showing Seth the, the Cosmo. Cosmo. <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? He kind of he looks like uh, like I don't know. They don't, you're gonna say something you regret. I just I actually was going to say that, and then I thought the better of it. Okay, yeah. so after uh, the New York Derby, which was won by the Red Bulls for a third straight time uh, a couple weeks ago, Pablo badly wanted to do a show last week so he could kind of go nuclear on NYCFC and uh, unfortunately we didn't get a chance to do the show and then of course they go and actually have a good game against DC United but I do think that a lot of things that Pablo was eager to rip them for still apply even after they beat United yeah so I'll jump in and say like I don't want to go all like hot take but Andrew Pirlo might be the worst player in MLS history (laughs) He is he is so bad. And, and let me tell you, I uh, before the Red Bulls NYCFC Derby, I was uh, walking around the concourse and taking some photos. And he went out and just sort of you know walked the field like players do a couple hours before the game. And he comes back through the tunnel, and I like lifted my camera lens. I lifted my camera up, and I threw the lens. I looked at him, and you know it's probably just pure low, but I felt this like. Immense sadness. <laughs> I did. I'm not kidding. It was weird. It was like I felt it, you know. In fact, it distracted me so much I underexposed the photo. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting. I don't know. <laughs> so certain DPs come over. So and I just, I just want to leave this clear that Andrea Pirlo is immensely sad in MLS. <laughs> I was, so some DPs come over, and obviously they've lost a step. But you can sense they still have that competitive fire, like Davavia, Kaká, Robbie Keane. Um, Pirlo, I mean, again, very small sample size. And also, this has kind of just always been the way he plays, so it might be a bit unfair. But 
like he's one of the few DPs where I just like straight up watching him these first first few games, just kind of get the sense that he's here for like semi retirement vacation. Yeah. He's I, even I Instagram. Semi, I think semi is generous. Yeah, he's just he's Instagramming pictures of him golfing and like hanging out with Bono. Like he he looked he looked and you know I understand that it's and I, I think I tweeted something to this effect out. I understand that it takes a lot of guys time to adjust. To the league. I also understand that certain guys like Lampard and Pirlo are 36, 37, and they don't have time to adjust to the league. So right. they need to contribute immediately. Yeah, well, Lampard is contributing by just being hurt for every game. Right. God. It, it might it, 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 Like, he has a real good shot at at becoming the the biggest failure in MLS yeah. history. Right, I mean, now, right now, he's, he's, neck, he's neck and with neck Danielson. with Danielson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going to say with Pirlo. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, let. Lampard is, in addition to just being right now just a complete wash, like he's he's contributed nothing. Although Pirlo contributed directly to a DC United goal, so maybe that makes him worse. His first but, assist was beautiful. Um, <laughs> did you? Yeah, but God. second assist. But yeah, like our Lampard got got um, nutmegged uh, by Mike Grella in the build up to that one Red Bulls goal, and just was completely invisible in that game then got hurt then there's all the drama about him you know being marketed and saying that they signed him to the team when they hadn't signed him and then he you know decides to stay with man city and like throws off the entire first half of their season the way they had built their roster planning on having him like the problems he created to finally come over as a 37 year old who is apparently on the very last legs of his career like at it's looking like he at best will be a serviceable backup to Poku. Uh, I mean, like that's can you he's imagine, been a disaster. Did you, did you read, like I don't yeah. know if you read Pirlo's post game comments after the uh, DC United game, but he like talked about Poku like he was Lionel Messi or something right. like that. <laughs> the best part was he was like it was obviously translated and maybe a little poorly, but it was like. Uh, he is not a player I was familiar with before I came here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, let's uh, – hold on a second. Get a caller, I think. Do we? Yes? No? Trevor? There we go. Oh, it's Chris Thomas. Chris Thomas, welcome to Open hey, Wife. Welcome to Open Wife's Desire. Thank you. Don't call me Jason Davis, Hi, Jason. please. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jared. First-time caller, long-time listener. Uh, I just want to see what your guys' opinion on Jurgen Crimson was. I'll take my answer off there. Thanks, guys. Chris, Chris, no, no, no. Don't, don't go. Don't Thanks. go. Oh, Thanks, Chris. God damn it. Okay. Um, I'm not answering Chris Thomas's question. <laughs> yeah, it's not about Cosmo. Um, now, back to, back to New York City. Uh, <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy that I feel bad for, actually, is Jason Christ because... It's pretty clear that he didn't have much input in signing Andrea Pirlo and Frank Lampard. These were kind of forced upon him. And now that they're on his roster, he certainly has some pressure from above above him to play these guys. And in doing so, he's having to leave probably his best central midfield option on the bench a lot of times, and that is Poku. If uh, if they bench Tommy McNamara at any point this year, I'm going to go nuclear. By the way, we had a great tweet uh, from Mike McGraw who says, it's going to be really weird when Pirlo is left unprotected in the 2017 expansion draft. <laughs> <laughs> that would be peak MLS, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, y- you get the feeling, right? I'm not, I, I was talking to 
Charlie poem about this the other day, and he, he was didn't really agree with me. But don't you think that Christ, if he doesn't make the playoffs, is just out? So I mean, real, come on, the stakes real, are so high. They have the highest payroll in MLS. It's either them or TFC. You know, um, I believe it's is it TFC or it might be the Galaxy. Either way, I've lost man, track. It's, it's, it's one of those I mean, Jesus, one of those three teams. Yeah. A bunch of money. Um, I, first season, I give them a pass, but I'm not sure the Manchester City group will. Right, like I even like it, as someone who follows MLS, I know you don't need, you know, three expensive DPS to make the playoffs. And in fact, that appears to be somewhat need, of a. If you're decent now, you don't even need one. Yeah, I mean. like that's it's somewhat of a hindrance to him. Like he just he has a team where they have few decent defenders. They they began the season with uh, a Chris Winger, Jason Hernandez center back pairing and. Yeah, with Medi Medi Bellucci has played a lot of games for them. Like, just think about that. Like, this is you know, there's only it's an expansion team. Like, you could only expect so much. But I'm not sure that's how the Man City group will look at it. So it wouldn't shock me if they there's cast no them aside. There's, there's but no they shouldn't. Uh, in fact, the only way they can make it worse is by like firing Christ and then bringing in like a rude Goulet type. Yeah, exactly. You know, right? Who has no idea about MLS, no idea about anything, you know. Manuel Pellegrini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> once, once Guardiola takes over at wow. Man City. There you right. go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Precky? MLS's, MLS's first $10 million a year head coach. That's probably what Precky <laughs> meant by like, I'm going to take a job in England. He's literally in a warehouse at Man City headquarters in a cage. Oh my God. Just waiting I, for the next... I actually forgot that no one has heard from him nope. still. Yeah. This is this, nobody knows where he is. It's been it's been more than a month. Like at what point do you start getting worried? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah, he really should just check in with yeah. everyone. Like hello yeah, soccer like, community. I, mean, Hi, I'm okay. I gave him a little slack cuz he's kind of like, you know, the drunk friend where you're like, "Oh, he hasn't come home for a day, but whatever." He's probably just but it's been like a month. Yeah, you probably yeah. need to. And Jason Davis is, by the way, almost every day on Soccer Morning, been actively looking for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's been scouring the country. Yeah, I don't Still know. Still no sign of him. I mean, maybe when he said he was going to the UK to take a job, he meant like a job as a real estate agent or <laughs> at a grocery store. It's possible. I Seems wonder- unlikely, but possible. Uh, tr- our producer Trevor says they've had over a hundred conf- confirmations of where he isn't. Right <laughs> from from listeners. Um, well, that's helpful. Yeah, it'll be hilarious when we find out that he actually was at one of those places, and they just didn't spot him. <laughs> yeah, you you guys talk. I got to find something online. All right, but NYCFC. Okay, the the big problem for me is they needed a center back, and they went out and signed one. Jefferson Mina, and he's really, really bad. <laughs> like he has been. Can I just so incredibly awful the first few games? Really quickly interject one more thing about Prucky before we move on. Right. It's that for literally two weeks, as Wikipedia said this in the coaching section, it was rumored that Prucky had been offered the Leicester City head coach position. It is thought that this was actually a misunderstanding, and that he was actually offered the chance to manage the 1884 Sports Bar at King Power Stadium. <laughs> When Precky turned up for his first day at King Power Stadium, he was directed to the 1884 Sports Bar and turned away as he did not have a season ticket and was not allowed in. Precky tried to purchase a season ticket to make the best of a bad situation, but they were sold out. Precky's current whereabouts are unknown. (laughs) 
Yeah. Wait, it currently says that, or it said it that said for, it for weeks? For and, weeks, and I, I just happened to screen cap it, so I still have it. Much longer than it said that every player on DC United's roster was long, <laughs> long tan. tan. <laughs> I like the fact that we changed that from the press box at a DC United game. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Again, using the term "we" in a, in a liberal way. <laughs> uh, in this case, I don't mind being associated with that. Yeah, wasn't it? Didn't you do something? No. Oh God! You you know the answer to that. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Jefferson Mina, like, not good. Not uh, good he's right. it, it, he. he I, I'll say this: I'm sure Christ is under no pressure to put him in the lineup, and he continues playing him. And I think it's just this hope that all these midseason signings, Mina, Pirlo, uh, Ariola, um, and uh, Lampard. <laughs> Wasn't trying to do that. Frankie's rude. Yeah. Um, cool man, right on, bro. God damn it. <laughs> that one of those signings, or one or all of those signings, will just start the gel and make an impact. And he's just throwing them out there, hoping that it's going to happen and willing to deal with whatever short term growing pains come with that. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, like, it's what are they, four points out? I mean, Jesus, they I think it's win, more, like they yes. could just win. Like I'm pretty sure it's more than that, but you know, up. they are actually one point out of a playoff position right now. Good, good How, God. However, yeah. they, they have games. they have played 24 games, and Montreal, who's currently in the sixth and last playoff spot, has played 21 games. So oh, that's shit. a pretty big yeah, difference. It is. Wow. Yeah. Man, it's time to start really realizing that NYCFC might. Actually, miss the playoffs. Yes, They're, this is incredible. It would, it would be surprising if they made the playoffs. Like they, their backline still, you know, they're starting Mina and you know Facey is all right. He has good games, bad games. Uh, they, how about uh, how about uh, Jason Hernandez's defense on Chris Rolf during the build up to that goal? <laughs> Thing of beauty. Anyways, uh, I look, think we all know that Lampard's gonna hit his stride when he's thirty nine. So, you know. Right. Uh, so let's move on to Seattle because I think they're an interesting team in MLS right now. Um, they had lost eight out of nine games before yesterday's game at home against Orlando City. And they had been missing a combination of Clint Dempsey and or Obafemi Martins for most of that, and if also, not all of it. And also Ozzy Alonso. Like, and Ozzie, that's, that's a big loss Right, who's, and he's still out. But um, And also Shane Evans. Shane Evans. Well, that's less of a loss, but, you know, whatever you say. Arguably, well, I have to say about Shane Evans, uh, like, literally days after like, he left. Like, ten minutes after he Seattle had a little bit of a uh, Twitter meltdown and got a bunch of articles written about how they called uh, Portland a poop emoji team. <laughs> Who the fuck gets that? I mean, come on. Is it really that bad? Somebody got fired over that. Seriously? That's what? what somebody told me that really? on Twitter today that Seattle let a social oh. media associate go about that. Goodness gracious. I that, don't know if that's called I'm, for. If if that is in fact true, that seems excessive. But uh so Seattle, right? They yeah. get they get they get Oba back and all of a sudden they're back to being that same juggernaut that we saw for most of the first half of the season when they were unstoppable. And in the meantime, when this whole crisis was going down, they signed three international players within a week. Right. Uh, Including a couple in spots where I guess the injuries have hurt them, but when everyone's healthy, they're going to be pretty stacked in the attack. Right. Yeah. 
Well, this should be the end of Lamar Nagel playing. Right. Like, uh, he, he will be, um, he will be trade bait this upcoming off season. Yeah. yeah uh, but yeah, so they, 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 they're getting Dempsey and Alonzo back. Eventually they have Martins back and now they've added Nelson Valdez. who looked pretty good in his first game. Really good. They have Ivan Schitz. Andreas. Andreas Ivan Schitz. Ivan Schitz. Oh, you're no better than the uh, Seattle social media. I know. Associate. And uh, I think probably most importantly for them is they signed Roman Torres at center back, yeah. which will allow them to stop having to start the likes of Zach Scott at center back, yeah. which is helpful. I mean, no disrespect to Zach Scott. He's been a really good player for them for a while, but, you know, he's, he's getting up there it's, in age. It's been, like, full, full disrespect to Zach Scott. Well, listen, I, like, listen, I disrespect plenty of players on this show, but I, I think Zach Scott is one that I would rather include that preface. Right. Zach Scott is, a, is like, a great guy to have on your bench. And then every postseason, it starts, and you're just like, wait, wait, wait. The Sounders are starting Zach Scott still? How right. did that happen? He's a, like a Kyle Beckerman for the U.S. national team, that type of player. <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, what? He's still out there? Um, no, uh, the interesting thing with uh, Torres, so obviously that's a great signing, and Torres and Marshall is might immediately be the best center back pairing in MLS. Um, but... That shifts Brad Evans to a new position. I don't know if you guys saw this. He had some quotes where he was a little uh, salty about that, where he he was like, I guess I'm going to another position after working at being a center back for half the season. Like, it's not easy, um, but we'll, I'll, I'll handle it. Yeah, between the national team and club side, he must be pretty damn sick of you know getting bounced around. Yeah. And in the new mix, I guess he's probably gonna probably gonna start at holding mid going forward once everyone's healthy. Uh, uh, like I was alluding to earlier, the Sounders attack when they have everyone in the mix. I'm not sure how they're gonna fit all these pieces on the field together. You've got Martins, Dempsey, and Valdez, like who are all natural forwards. You know they have to figure out some way to get them out there. You have Ivan Schitz, who's up, you know, an attacking mid. You still have Nagel and. Uh, Tomas and Marco Papa, if he returns from his his suspension, Roldan, yeah, uh, uh, Freeberg and Pineda, like their their entire midfield and front line, like that depth chart is just uh, a mess right now in terms of tons of talent, but not sure how it's going to work. And I will say, and this could be a little worrisome because it reminds me of two years ago when they did the same thing, they acquired Dempsey mid season and you're like, okay, great signing. Like you can get Clint Dempsey, you do it. But it, uh, it took them a while. It wasn't until the next season when they had traded away EJ that they finally got clicking before then they were trying to cram EJ Martins and Dempsey all in the field together. And it didn't really work and threw off the balance of the team. And they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So yeah, mixed with the fact that this is major league soccer and anybody can win MLS cup. And clearly Seattle have a pretty good uh, chance. It's it, we got a Twitter user who um, is apparently drunk according to him. And also isn't that all of our yeah, followers. exactly. Um, and as a Sporting KC fan, uh, I was at Sporting uh, Sporting Park the other night. That shit was crazy. Hashtag suck at Vancouver. <laughs> um, maybe not points for creativity, but definitely points for accuracy. I'd, I'd and say if we wanted to talk about Kansas City, anyways. So yeah, I, I'd say that after that game, 
you're justified in using that hashtag, even though it's maybe not the most creative. But as he said, as Cooper, as he said, he's drunk. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sporting KC down three to one with ten minutes left. They win the game, and as anybody would have predicted, it's Paulo Nagamora yep. who scores both the equalizer and the winner. Dude, if if Kaká is still getting Brazil call ups, Nagamora has to be in the mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's him and Marcelo I Sarko, would have gotten that call yeah. up if the games were in the U.S. Right? Uh, it's like the only reason he gets that call up. He's been sporadically called up uh, since Dunga took over. I I don't know. Not since I would yeah. say I would say that that's probably accurate because Philippe Coutinho did not get called up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I geographically speaking, I'm yeah, just saying, you right. Know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sporting Kansas City right now looking like. Maybe the best team in the league. They have the best points per game average in the league. And, uh, you know, quietly, I feel like there's all these other teams that have been making more high-profile signings. You know, you got the Galaxy signing Dos Santos and Seattle signing their guys and NYCFC and et cetera, et cetera. And, and Sporting KC has just kind of been chugging along a little bit under the radar, but now I think it's it's yeah. getting harder and harder it's, to ignore what they're it's doing. It's not a team that you would think is four points out of the supporters' shield leap, but they are. Yeah, it, I think you you also seen their center backs actually get their shit together. Beasler's been playing much better. Yeah, Kevin Ellis has really kind of come into his own at that position since Ike Opara went down. Uh, they've gotten good outside back play from a cast of different players. Uh, Jimmy Madrando was playing left back. You had. Abdul Salam playing right back, you know, uh, with Myers and Sinovic out uh, dealing with injuries and such. And so, yeah, it's uh, Roger Espinoza is out right now, and they don't lose a beat. So it's a team that has uh, quality depth and, you know, kind of similar to D.C. United, seems to just keep on getting results no matter who they trot out there. Yeah, and I think that brings us to our, our next topic of discussion, which is how well of a job Peter Vermees is doing and – whether we think that that Peter Vermees currently is the best candidate in MLS to eventually replace Jurgen Klinsmann as U.S. national team coach, whenever that is, probably after the 2026 World Cup. <laughs> but who? I mean, who? Which, which coach in MLS do we think uh, is currently the best option? Uh, if if the U.S. Soccer Federation decides to go with a, a MLS candidate to, to replace Klinsman and not with another, uh, you know, foreign coach. I mean, let's let's just break down the candidates, all right? I mean, I mean, you, you got Vermees, obviously. I'd put out, I'd put out Os- Oscar Pereja, also, and I, I'd really put out Arena. I think is my preferred candidate. But yeah. Bruce Arena is kind of a under the radar one, but. You know, because obviously he coached the team before, but it's been nine years. So if if the U.S. was in some sort of scenario where they entered crisis mode during World Cup qualifying and, you know, really shit hit the fan and Klinsman was on the way out, like, I feel like Arena would almost be so the like three, obvious three choice. Three months from now is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Uh, Arena, I mean, it, like, if he hadn't coached the national team before... There would be no discussion. Completely. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he he would be head and shoulders above everyone else. There's just that baggage. Yeah. You know, my only concern with Arena, thinking about this, is um, I don't know that he's ever had to do a lot with a little, right? And I think the only – I mean, you look at the national team, his national team coaching tenure, 
as probably the only example of that. I mean, he's always had, you know, the Galaxy, an open an open checkbook. You know, with uh, you know when he kept coached United, he had some of the strongest rosters in MLS. I mean, how does he deal with a U.S. player pool that right now looks pretty weak? I mean, he made it to the quarterfinals of the World Cup starting Pablo Mastro. Yeah. He? <laughs> so, yeah, but that's, that's, and Frankie that's, I mean, I, I guess you could say that that's balanced out by his other World Cup performance. Yeah. I which mean, was not, not particularly good. You know? Yeah, they tied the uh, eventual champion. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, the other question is, does would Bruce even want the job again? Oh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't, hell no. I'd, I'd say is that, his convers- is that his conversation with Sunil when he offers wait, him the position? I'm waiting for a call from Mexico, you piece of shit. Exactly. That's exactly how it goes. I'll say this. like, if uh, In this hypothetical, if, if Sunil, you know, resisted offering arena the job because of that like that would you know i think there is something to be said about moving on from a coach after a couple cycles but now it's been nine years there's no one from the player pool back then who overlapped like arena's you know message isn't going to be stale with this completely new generation of players so again this is very hypothetical but i think he would be the ideal choice yeah pareja too i have my own set of concerns about um his temperament, uh, his ability to play defensively, well, to coach a team defensively at all, you know. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he. Uh, the thing I like about Pereja is he, you know, he makes bold choices that just always seem to work out. You know, hey, Javon Watson, you're now a center back. Zach Lloyd, you're a center back. Yeah, and but like, don't you get the kind of like the, the feeling that he's like the drunk art, the drunk guy in the bar who's just like doing shit. Just, just happens to like I think that's I'm what America to, needs right now I'm gonna yeah. talk to that girl and then like they like go home with her and you know yeah. I think he's just it's acting like he knows is it. what I'm saying well you I think know, like, I think Pereja another thing that he's done really well is he's he's gotten a lot out of young players yeah he did true. it he, he did it in Colorado and uh, we've seen that Mastroni's gone away from that to mostly it, disastrous results I'll tell you but, what, he is he's definitely a player's coach and I think one of the main criticisms of Klinsman is a lot of guys don't like playing for him I mean you know, I it would certainly be a refreshing change of pace. Yeah, you could. I mean, like, like to my previous point is, you know, he's he's gone with Acosta and Uyoa in the in the center midfield and just made them the duo. And yeah, you know, the, Dallas is one of the best teams in the league, and it, it's been a, a, a continuing pattern for him. Of course, I think that also is maybe more a strength of a club coach. Than, than an international coach. Uh, club coaches are more in charge of developing players, and international coaches are more in charge of just getting results with what you have because yeah. so you see them less. Because we best soccer shows coming up after us at 9, we have about, I don't know, 10 minutes here. Tell me in about two and a half minutes or less why you think Peter Vermees is the – because you're, you're, you've said that you think he's the best choice. I did. I thought you did earlier. No, I didn't. I never said that. Does anybody here think that? I think he's in the running, but I don't think he's the best choice. I I would go with Arena, and then I don't know. I'd have to think Vermees about has, it. For what it's worth, Vermees has sixty some odd caps for the national yeah. team. Yeah, I'd have to think about between Vermees versus um, Preha in terms of which one of those coaches I'd prefer for the national team. Yeah, I think yeah. I think with Vermees, you just have to look year in year out the ability to get the most out of his teams. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a quality that I think is really attractive from a, a national team standpoint, and the, and the ability to get the most out of certain players. Like just look at Benny Failhaber, who had really 
over the course of his entire club career, had never found a situation where they really got the most out of him on a consistent basis. He was playing in, what, like the Danish second division at one point and, you know, sitting on the bench in England, sitting on the bench in Germany, sitting on the bench with New England. Right. And he goes to Kansas City, and after, like, a year of growing pains, Vermes kind of whipped him into shape, and now he's, you know, a MVP candidate, you know, top two in the league there. So that's uh, you, you look at that type of player, and you imagine Vermes coming in and, you know, seeing someone like Failhaber and getting him to, to to be at the best of his ability on the national team stage. Thomas, I want a 30-second uh, answer from you <clears throat> to this uh, listener question. Uh, Garrett Weiss asks, do you think that uh, Orlando can regroup and make the playoffs? No. I, I also don't think they can. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is the Eastern Conference, but the they too many injuries. Too many injuries and the two... Too little cohesion. They've just been it's rotating worth, guys. It's worth mentioning. I mean, they're tied for the last playoff spot right, right now. All right. Now, yeah. God. Eastern Conference. Again, though, I mean, they played four more games in Montreal. Right. But, it, I mean, they ha- they, they're, they I don't know, three points behind TFC. And, can I just, they, they also have one more. Oh, God, oh, they, they played two games more than TFC. They are kind of fucked. They also they also have one more Aurelian Collin than Montreal, and that's <laughs> kind of an issue. Can I, can I just throw out this theory that I kind of developed yesterday while watching the game against uh, Seattle, the Orlando City game? And that's that Kaká has not been that good this year. I think that he's been kind of hit or miss. I think yeah. that, you know, there, there have been times where he's looked very much like the highest paid player in MLS. But then I think there are too many games like yesterday where he just can easily be marked out and just kind of disappears yeah. at times. Yeah, He's not a hard guy to... At this point in his career, he's not a hard guy to figure out defensively, I think. And I mean, you a player like Javinko, that's giving people I, fits. But I, Kaka, I mean, you just put two, I will mean, say, double I, team him. He doesn't deal with it. Well, yeah. I will say the point you made is completely valid. But specifically yesterday, they were in a weird shape trying to fit. There were three D-mids. And then Kaka and Vinter were playing the – or is it Winter? Vinter? Oh, uh, I don't know. The, the new signing. Uh, we're, trying, we're playing these kind of vaguely winger, free attacking mid-rolls. And, you know, it, it seemed like Orlando's entire shape was a bit off as they played that kind of Christmas tree formation and didn't really work. So, you know, maybe get Kaká back where he's, you know, most natural and yeah. see better results. <laughs> um, okay, so back, back to the... The coacher, the coaching uh, candidates. There are a few that we haven't really talked about that we have listed. Uh, we've got Ben Olsen, Jason Kreiss, Ziggy Schmidt, Caleb Porter, Greg Berhalter, Jay Heaps. Um, do any of those, of those really do anything? I mean, I think it's I think it's crazy. Olsen's name gets mentioned. I mean, more he, than a couple times. He's. I mean, I will say, reigning coach of the year and front runner. Yeah, and top if you're going to talk about somebody who knows how to do a lot with a little. Yeah. Well, right. I think, you know, with with Olsen, it, it, it might actually be a similar situation to Jurgen, where if you're going to make them the head coach, then you really want a strong number two next to him to do some a of Chad the... Ashen, uh, a Chad Ashen. A- yeah. Chad Ashen, yeah. So what we're will. saying is Olsen, Chad Ashen for USMNT. <laughs> oh, my God. We were, we were joking about this before the show, but, like, Ben Olsen's U.S. national team 11... <laughs> So we decide the center back pairing would be Bobby Boswell and Chad Marshall, for sure. Uh, uh, outside backs, uh, John Franklin, and, and 
Taylor Kemp. Not Franklin Taylor Kemp. <laughs> I, I think, I think the, uh, Brian Carroll starts at center midfield undoubtedly. Oh, of course, right. yeah. He's had that position for years on Ben's team. <laughs> right. We'll say like 41-year-old Brian Carroll. You know. <laughs> uh, wingers? Danny Cruz on the right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's see, on the left. Yeah. Someone uh, plays somebody way out of position on the left because <laughs> you have to do it with at least one person on the field with an Olsen system. <laughs> you know, I'm like, just thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking every player has to be over thirty for sure. Yeah, we'll go with Connor Casey at left midfield. <laughs> <laughs> like Olsen like just decided to try that, you know, and it, and he's sticking with it now. He's lost a couple qualifiers. He's right. not listening to anybody. And uh, up top, um, man, you need like uh, Edson Buttle. Right. Someone, someone who works really Kenny hard. Cooper? Someone, no. someone who works really hard, but maybe not the greatest results. Like, uh, let's be honest, Mitch. he's just gonna, he's just naturalized Leonard Pahoy. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, bring Robbie Finley back. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good candidate. And it's too and, late to put like Robbie Russell or something at outside <laughs> back, or James Riley. <laughs> Those are good shouts. I think. I know somebody who plays pickup with Robbie Russell. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, oh, that's right, because he's in med school uh-huh. here. Georgetown. Yeah. Who would be Ben Olsen's target forward? Um, well, I mean, if Connor Casey's not playing right, outside Connor, mid, Connor I mean, Casey. That's, that's got to be it, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, or Chad Barrett. Yeah. God. Chad Barrett would, would definitely, be a good one. He would definitely make sure there was more than one Chad on the field. And yeah. then, like... And on the bench. Yeah. Backup center back, Eric Gehrig. Jesus Christ. What about <laughs> goalkeeper? Uh... John Bush? <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. I think John Bush, probably. I mean, or maybe Josh Saunders. Maybe Jay Heaps at right back. <laughs> he just break all people out of, out of retirement. He get Petkey in there somehow, you know. Petkey with, like, frosted tips at forward, age 45. I, uh, you know, it's, here's a funny random Mike Petkey thing, and I guess we'll have to go after this because we're running out of time here. Um... When New York crashed out of the playoffs, I think it was last year, um, I had tweeted out, like, at midnight, just randomly, uh, you know the clip in Napoleon Dynamite where um, <laughs> where Uncle Rico <laughs> just stands up and throws a steak at Napoleon as he's riding his bike by and hits him in the face? And yeah. I mean, it's incredible, right? I tweeted it out, and I tweeted out something like, you know, it's, this is never not funny. And at, like, 2.15 a.m., on the day that his team gets eliminated from the playoffs, and I can only assume drunk, Mike, Mike Petke favored that tweet. <laughs> 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 that random, doesn't even follow me. I don't know how he came across it, you know. I can't, I can't think of a better way to end the show than with that yeah. little anecdote. Yeah, neither can I, I guess. All right. All right, thanks for listening, guys. We will uh, talk to you next week. That was really exciting. Uh, <laughs> Bye.